Hey, welcome to Scratching the Surface. I'm Jared Fuller, and this is my podcast about design criticism and practice. On today's episode, I am talking to the designer and the writer, Theo Inglis. Theo is a freelance graphic designer and writer based in London and a recent graduate of the Royal College of Arts MA in Critical Writing in Art and Design program. As a designer, his work often works with text through book covers and publishing projects, and as a writer, he's written for various publications like uh, Graphique and, and Monotype. I discovered Theo's work a few years ago and knew him solely as a writer for a really long time and only recently learned uh, that he's still very much a practicing designer. So in this episode, Theo and I talk about that kind of balance between uh, writing and design, as well as his recent MA thesis called An Absurd Machine Branding Design in the City, which you can see a little bit of on his website. Uh, we talk about this kind of transition from uh, practicing design to writing, as well as studying critical writing at, at RCA and how that has helped him in both his uh, critical work and his design work. I get I get asked a lot uh, by listeners of Scratching the Surface and even uh, some of my previous guests about who are the younger, uh, kind of newer voices writing about design today that that I really enjoy reading. And, and Theo is one that I always mention, along with uh, Hannah Ellis, actually, the guest on last week's episode. The two of them, uh, I think, are really carving out a f kind of new, fresh design writing. And I actually think that these two episodes go really well together, as Theo and I also talk about uh, being recent grad school graduates and this kind of balance between design and writing. So enjoy this conversation with Theo Inglis. I was trying to look back kind of before, before uh, knowing that I was going to talk to you, I was trying to look back to try to figure out where I first came across your work or, or when I kind of first kind of discovered you and I couldn't find exactly where it was but it's been a couple years that I've been reading your uh writing mm -hmm. but I don't actually know much about you as a person or kind of outside of what you've written and outside of kind of your social media presence yeah. and I was kind of curious as a good way I thought a good way to start this would be to kind of talk about a little bit of your background and specifically what came first for you was it design or, or writing i think i'd say it was design okay but one thing i've always found is that you know throughout education even going back to before it was design when it was just called art or art and design or whatever it was called i can't remember right is that at least in this country you're always forced to do essays and forced to do research and it's kind of like a box ticking exercise for a lot of people right to to you know fill a quota and pass a course or whatever but for me it was always something that I, I found I enjoyed as much as the practical side of things in some cases even more so so I kind of always had in the back of my mind wanting to to write oh, okay so you studied yeah. you originally studied design in, in school then yeah graphic design okay for okay and then you and you you worked so you studied graphic design you worked as a as a designer but yeah. kind of always had this interest in in writing also yeah i felt like when i was studying graphic design after about a year or so i i guess i i realized i was really interested in writing about it okay 
and the history aspect of it, especially and critical, you know, theoretical studies yeah. and that sort of thing. Where'd that come from? Where, or where'd that kind of interest or in, in the writing side come from? Um, I think it was just quite organic, sort of. It's partly from, you know, teachers encouraging it. But also just, you know, always being interested in books, especially and reading. Right. And, you know, going to the library and taking books off a shelf and just kind of seeing what interests me. Yeah. I think so quite organic in that sense. Yeah, I, I mean, that's one of the reasons that was something why I was excited to to talk to you is because I feel like our our kind of background and career trajectories mm-hmm. have actually paralleled uh, pretty interestingly in that I was the same way I studied graphic design, and, but always kind of had this sense that I wanted to do more writing and more work around theory and, and criticism. How, how did you kind of start? I'm interested kind of in, in thinking about that, how you started, I mean, I guess for lack of a better way to ask this question, kind of when did you start writing or how did you start to incorporate that into your your work while also being a designer? Again, it's kind of like something that is kind of foisted upon you. Yeah. And people don't enjoy and, we, you know, I'm generalizing here, but a lot of people would rather go on with doing design itself rather than writing or thinking about it. Right. Um, whereas I did enjoy that aspect of things and did feel like I wanted to do more of it. But at the same time, I think I imagine you found this as well, that, you know, you're, you're not even a, a graduate yet with a, a degree in graphic design you, or you've never worked somewhere. And, and it's like, why do I feel like I want to write about something? Right. And people know more about it and have more experience and knowledge and that sort of thing. So it's quite it's quite a hard thing to get started in, I think. Yeah, I mean, it definitely. I feel like for me, I when I was in in undergrad studying design is when I really started writing about design. You know, without ever having worked as a designer before. But then when I started actually be, when I actually became a professional practicing designer is when I stopped writing because I was so focused on trying to make a living as a designer and then that's why I went back to schools because then I felt like I had lost that writing side and now I actually had the experience of working as a as a designer yeah I think that's quite similar to how I found it is that you know while you're working you know you it takes up all your time obviously right and it's quite hard to to um Sort of pull back from the thing that you you're being paid to do every day and you need to focus yeah. on it to pull back and think you know yeah what is this about what's the wider cultural context and that sort of thing you know did you, you start doing things can start getting a little bit difficult for you i imagine right right yeah and so i i, I assume that that's why you know you so you recently finished your ma at the royal college of art and that was in critical writing right yeah, exactly. And so is that why you kind of went, decided to go back to school is, was to kind of feed that other interest? Yeah, definitely. I, I felt like I needed to, yeah, to just to learn how to write really and to learn yeah. about criticism outside of the context of graphic design as well. In that, you know, there is, there's a wider world out there than just graphic design and 
Right. And um, although I, I thought like I knew how to write about graphic design, maybe I didn't feel that confident actually in my own writing ability or how I, mm. how I structured things or that sort of thing, even quite practically speaking. Yeah. Also just in terms of putting some time aside to just really read a lot and, and write a lot and talk a lot and, right. you know, yeah. it doesn't happen overnight. You can't just, I was trying to write while I was working and, and it is, it is difficult to do both at once in some ways. Yeah. 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 No, I know. I mean, again, I feel like we're kind of in the exact same, exact yeah. same boat there. I'm curious kind of what I, I've talked to a couple of people who have, have some relation to the Royal College of Art, but I'm really interested in, uh, you know, kind of hearing what you were interested in and why you wanted to go back to school. What, you know, what did you kind of study or, or what were your classes like while you were there? Was it a two-year program? Yeah, it's two years. Okay. Um, and you kind of do about two days a week. Okay. But then the rest of your time is obviously, you know, self-directed research and writing and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, what, what I found good about the course was that the mixture of people was interesting. So it wasn't just design. It was people mm. from an art background or not from a practicing background at all. Um, so in that sense, a lot of the, we'd get a brief, um, it was quite, kind of set up in the same way the design course would be, which is quite rare for a writing course. Yeah. You'll set a kind of open brief and you have to respond to it. And then you all sit around and, you know, critique each other and read each other's work and discuss it. Okay. And good to do with a variety of different people. Yeah. And, and what were, like, what was an example of one of those kind of briefs or, or what were you kind of writing about while you were in school? So, for instance, like, I think it was quite clever how the way it was set up in terms of a brief which, say, you're interested in design or architecture or art, you know, if you wanted to, you could direct it that way. Oh, okay. So someone else would do the same thing for their their own chosen subject or something completely different even. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people found that what they were actually writing about wasn't what they originally intended to, or you, you was just kind of free to right to discover what actually interests you and what you want to write about, right? Without any conceptions a little bit. What I you know this is interesting to me because I I've mostly been talking to people who are very kind of close to the design world, and then I've talked to a couple. Uh, art critics and some architecture critics who are a little bit more removed. And I'm always interested in hearing from people who are writing about other mediums, what, how they kind of think about their work. And I'm interested in, in what things you picked up from people who are writing about, you know, art or film or something that you've started that has changed how you thought about your own writing or, or, or that you've kind of brought into the way you think about writing about graphic design. Yeah. I'd always wanted to, to see graphic design as part of a wider sort of cultural yeah. context and as, you know, linked to all these other things. So you can't see it in isolation. Right. So in, in that sense, it was good because there is, as you would expect on a criticism course, there is a sort of theory mm-hmm. aspect to it and a sort of general, you know, cultural theory, critical theory 
right. that a lot of people were interested in, and philosophy, for instance. Um, so in that sense, it was quite good to. I, I did always find that that side of things interesting, but quite quite daunting in some ways. Mm. Because you know you can study philosophy for four years, right, and still you know not understand a lot of it. Whereas <laughs> you know studying graphic design for three years and and writing one essay a year, you know you don't feel hundred percent equipped for it. But... Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I took you know my my MFA is was a, a double concentration in graphic design and critical theory. So half my classes were kind of studio you know, design classes where I was, you know, essentially making graphic design. And then the other half were history and philosophy and writing classes. And the I ended up spending much more of my time in the philosophy and theory classes just because of the brain work that I had to use to kind of read these texts that in many yeah. cases I had never been exposed to before. And I felt, you know, after a while, I started feeling like some of the things that I was reading and thinking about in those classes were actually making their way into how I was thinking about the design work that I was making. Did yeah. you have any kind of connections like that? Or did things, did some of these other texts that maybe have nothing to do with graphic design start to puncture some of your, your thoughts on design? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, it may be in sort of art criticism, art history. Yeah. It's more common to, to you know, pull from theory. Whereas in graphic design, it's kind of a bit less common, maybe. Yeah. So in that sense, it was good to, you know, see how someone writing about art or someone writing about film would do it. Right. See, you know, I could do that in the same way. But without relying too heavily on it, because, you know. Right, right. Yeah. I always want to do is not to alienate people too much or to to be kind of impenetrable yeah well i mean whatever that's what i liked about about your thesis that, that you were really uh generous in sending over to me to read before this so um i, I i'd like to kind of talk about that just a little bit but um yeah, sure. so you know what you were just saying about making something that was kind of accessible and and what i really liked about your writing and and your subject matter is that it really blended nicely kind of the high and low for lack of a better uh, yeah. definition in that you were quoting Marx and uh, Baudrillard and things like that, but then also referencing television shows like, you know, Arrested Development was on the next page yes. or something. And it never seemed it was very theory rich, but never felt like I was reading uh, kind of this boring academic text, how you kind of thought about kind of blending those things together and, and, and writing about something at a very high level, but at a very accessible way. I feel like with writing about graphic design in some ways, that's kind of necessary because yeah. you are writing about, although it can be applied to, you know, high culture, a lot of the time it is, you know, ephemeral, it is every day. Right. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that you can't think about it in in a much bigger way and you can't apply you know, more general philosophical stuff to it right yeah exactly um, yeah it, in some ways like while writing it I was figuring out it's a process of trying to figure out your own thoughts about it right and, you know, and explain them to yourself and can't make them clear right in 
to your to um if that makes sense i don't know yeah yeah i mean that's that's kind of exactly what i was kind of interested in next is um you know it, it, it's about place branding i guess at a very high level and kind of yeah i think um my overall aim with it was to talk about place branding okay and it is quite a, quite a clear simple thing to talk about but in the end it ended up being you know expanding a lot from that and, and as always happens you know right. thinking a lot a lot more wider more political more sort of general philosophical questions about design and cities and Right. And that, yeah. And that's kind of, you know, to connect it back to my previous question, that's what I was really curious about just kind of, you know, general kind of process questions and that it's place branding at a high level, but you do then approach that from, uh, from kind of an aesthetic view, from a political view, from a kind of cultural philosophical lens, and you start to kind of, you know, weave these together. I'm interested in, in kind of what that process was like, or, or, or what the kind of research looked like as you're writing this and also kind of figuring out your own point of view on it and kind of what you do think about it. Uh, yeah. What did that look like, that process? It was quite a tough one, actually. <laughs> I bet. I started to realize that place itself, you know, that's an extremely complicated question. Right. And there's so many books and so many writers who have dealt with that. What exactly is it? It's, it's very hard to define. Mm -hmm. And also branding. There's, I would say there's less writing about it in that sense. It's a similar sort of abstract, undefinable, kind right. of vague thing. So in that sense, it was sort of these two quite difficult subjects rubbing against each other. How long had you been thinking about it kind of before it became your thesis? Or did this all happen in these last two years? Mm -hmm. I think I've been thinking about it for longer than two years. Okay. Partly, partly just because of living in a city and right. you know, seeing how things are changing and what's going on is quite hard to ignore, especially for young people in London. Yeah. It's kind of a, an issue that I did find other people at the Royal College of Art were also dealing with because it is kind of inescapable. Right. I'm, I'm curious how working on that project and, and the last two years in in essentially kind of a writing or, or criticism program, because you're still, would you still say that you're a practicing designer also? You're still doing design work, right? Yeah, yeah, on a sort of freelance basis. Right. Okay, has that, has kind of working on this, this thesis about place branding and spending the last two years kind of concentrating on, on writing and criticism, has that changed how you think about your design work or how you operate as a designer? Um, in some ways, I think it has freed me up a little bit. Okay. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Not being in a sort of nine to five studio context. Okay. okay. Like in a very yeah. practical way, freed you up. In a very practical way, yeah. Just okay. sort of, because I wasn't sure if I was going to continue doing design or not, or how I felt about it really, whether I wanted to. I knew right. what I wanted to design. With design, I felt like if you, you sort of like projected down a path a bit. Yeah. And to, if you realize the path you're going down maybe isn't the right one for you or 
what you really want to be doing in the long run you sort of have to go backwards a little bit yeah where did you where did you kind of end up on that about kind of like if you still want to design or not because i feel like for me i went to to graduate school thinking that i was going to move away from practicing design and moving into teaching and writing and and Mm kind of the academic side of design and then while spending two years focusing on those things it actually made me want to get back into the practice because I now had all these new ideas and theories about how to work that I then wanted to put into place did you have anything like that yeah I did feel like that like and in some senses on a very practical level you know I've always been interested in book design Mm -hmm. primarily I think and I think you know doing an MA and writing and proving to people that you understand that aspect of things is beneficial as a book designer right because you kind of are working on a as an editor as well yeah so it's kind of uh, somewhere between designing and writing even if you're not writing the book yourself you know do you think those things will come together for you where where you know I know for your thesis you wrote that text and then also designed the book that it sits in do you see are you interested in more of that type of work where you're kind of doing writing and design at the same time? I would say I am, but also, I don't know how you feel about this, but one thing where as a writer, you kind of, although we both write about visual things where you would be able to, would aim to be able to write something that doesn't need pictures with it and doesn't need design. And it's, you know, engaging enough on its own so in in that sense it is quite I sort of struggled a little bit with you know to what extent being both a designer and writer blending the two without one being detracted from by the other almost that yeah that's interesting I didn't thought I have not thought about it like that much before I talked to um I talked to Abbott Miller recently and and he said that he actually finds that he is much uh, more experimental when he's not designing around his own content, where if he's kind of designing a, a book or, or content that he's written, he he can't kind of experiment enough because, he, because every part of it is so precious for him, where if it's someone else's yeah. content, you know, he's fine trying, you know, these kind of wild, kind of wild ideas which I think is this kind of interesting shift of kind of how involved is the designer with the content and how much ownership, you know, do you kind of have over the thing, you know? Yeah. It's interesting doing a course with where it, writing about art was an aspect of it. Yeah. We'll write about art without having the image there and without it being needed. Right. And that's kind of a skill on its own to, you know, engage people on a purely textual level. Yeah. I mean, that's something I think about all the time, you know, having a podcast that's purely audio. Yeah, exactly. It's a similar problem, really. Yeah, and and talking about a medium that is 100% visual and how do those things kind of work together. And I don't, it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. I I, I don't have a, a point of view on it yet, but it's something that I think is really kind of interesting. Mm hmm. Yeah, so being a designer and a writer is kind of 
is a bit of a conflict in some ways. I'm curious, kind of your classmates in school, how many of them were also kind of practitioners in the thing they were writing about? And then if you being a, uh, you know, being trained as a designer writing about design, how that kind of changed your approach to your subjects? I'd say maybe 50% of my classmates were writing about things that they had done in the past or were still doing. Oh, wow. Okay. That's more than I would have thought. But maybe maybe it was a bit less. I'm not sure. Um, I think the course that I did, the mixture of people is, is quite different every year and they can't really predict it. Okay. So in that sense, it made it quite interesting. Um, yeah. In terms of how I thought about things, sometimes I would picture, you know, what images could be helpful mm-hmm. to what I was writing and, and how I would design them if I was going to design them. But at the same time, it was interesting doing a course where, you know, I wouldn't get any extra marks for designing it. I wouldn't get any. You know, <laughs> care. Right. right. I chose a typeface that was ugly for my essay. No one would care. It wouldn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's kind of like a facetious example. Yeah. But, um, but did that, I guess that forced you probably to, to, you know, in a good way to focus on, on the text and to become a better writer. So you didn't yeah, need those okay. images or you didn't need the design to help you along. It was all through your, your words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. This is a big question, so I'm going to apologize okay. in advance. But, you know, what are, I've, I've read a lot of, of your work that you have online, especially for, um, for graphique and for monotype. Um, mm-hmm. and then also now your thesis. And so I think I have a good sense of kind of your interests in and around design, but I'm interested to kind of hear from you what your goals as a writer are, or what kind of subjects you're hoping your writing can kind of bring attention to that, um, you know, that you're kind of interested in as a writer or as a, a critic? Yeah, um, that is a big question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm sorry. With the thesis, it was kind of, there was a political edge to it, mm-hmm. definitely, in terms of maybe talking less about specific individual designs or individual projects and talking more generally about right. context in which design exists and a wider system at play, which we can be part of as graphic designers. Right. And I think the, the example of property branding or place branding or anything in an urban kind of context, um, design, graphic design is kind of secondary and is still kind of mm-hmm. this decorative thing, which you know a lot of people think that design, graphic design, has moved beyond that into something else. But right, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean that's something. That, yeah, that's interesting because something I think about a lot, especially in regards to, I feel like it's a, a kind of recurring theme in these discussions that I have on the podcast is that design criticism needs to kind of move beyond that kind of surface critique or the kind of purely aesthetic critique to talk about the kind of politics or economics or kind of cultural 
systems that work comes out of or is going into or, or you know, kind of what ideologies is this work cementing into the world or or kind of subverting? Uh, and which is why I, I really liked your um, your thesis, because I think you really kind of pick that apart a little bit. But it's also interesting because graphic design in that sense is just kind of the the surface dressing at the end of it in a lot of ways. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've never been particularly interested in the kind of the idea of the graphic design critic as someone who looks at a new piece of design and and kind right. of casts a judgment as to whether it's good or bad or, yeah, you know, that kind of aspect of it. But I don't think really many writers are. Maybe that's some people's image of a design critic, but in reality, that's right. really what we want to do, I suppose. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think, you know, things like Twitter make that kind of snap judgment seem like that's the dominant narrative. Uh but I think, you know, people who are kind of writing about design in a more longer form tend to kind of, you know, go beyond that for the most part, I think. Yeah. I tried to, in the thesis, it's awkward to talk about, obviously, because not everyone listening <laughs> right. will have read or can read it, you know, at this point. Yeah. But I tried to, There's a, the final section was trying to write about the branding for new apartment buildings yeah but non-specific sort of position and not from you know critiquing individual examples of it right because in some ways although obviously like i love design i'm passionate about it i'm interested in it on an individual level they aren't particularly interesting there isn't that much to say about them really right kind of just are what they are right write about them in a sort of wider, I sort of broke it down into categories and imagined, you know, why they ended up the way that they were. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I, I want to kind of take that idea and actually kind of expand it out. You know, like you said, it is kind of awkward to talk about your thesis when it isn't, you know, public yeah. yet. But I, but I think you're onto something that that is interesting to me in that I think you're exactly right that a lot of kind of individual pieces of graphic design and not all of them but a good amount of them are not that interesting as kind of isolated objects um and i think carrie jacobs wrote in i think it was in a looking closer in the 90s about sustainable graphic design about how like 90 percent of what graphic designers make is trash um and i think that there's something to that and i think for me, the design writing that I've found myself drawn to reading, but also the kind of thing I'm really interested in, in writing more, is not looking at these single objects. Although I do think that there is some value in that sometimes. But looking, yeah. but stepping back and looking at you know larger trends or a series of things together and what do they say about something that's, that's going on. Yeah, exactly. Um... Having worked in branding, I think, gave me some sort of insight into writing about it. Yeah. But in terms of talking about branding or design in general, it's kind of, it is, a lot of it is based on a designer's instinct mm -hmm. and, you know, being able to reinterpret the world around them and, 
and just sort of having a right feeling for what's right or wrong. <laughs> right. Which makes it quite difficult to really talk about on an individual level. Right. I mean, I even, I even, I, I mean, I agree with you a hundred percent where I, I don't even know anymore. And this, it's almost embarrassing for me to say this. Like I feel self-conscious saying this, but I don't even know how you would say a lot of times if a piece of graphic design is right or wrong. Yeah. You know, I, I don't even know how to begin to kind of parse that out in a lot of instances. I think it is all based on, you know, instinct and partly down to experience for the individual designers to kind of, you know, you, you, you get educated in design for a few years from people who know more about it and then you work in it. Yeah. Kind of get into a rhythm of knowing what seems right or what seems wrong. Yeah. And I, working as a team and with other people and with clients. It's right. kind of like a big process where things don't often go really that wrong, do they? Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, how many times has, has, you know, we can count on one hand the number of times that a company has gone back to their previous logo because of something, you know, bad. Mm hmm. I'm I'm interested. I want to change the subject a little bit, uh, yes. but I'm I'm interested. It, it's still kind of related. I'm interested in how you think about your audience or the or you know kind of who you're writing to, and and I'm thinking more about kind of your essays for graphic or monotype or kind of those shorter pieces, and then kind of in a larger sense, the audience for this type of writing that we're talking about, is this solely for graphic designers, do you think? Or do you think that there's um, value in non-designers or, or the general public or the kind of viewers of this work to be reading about these types of things? I think in reality, the audience for writing about graphic design is mainly graphic designers. Mm -hmm. But I think the sort of, in an ideal world, it wouldn't just be designers, you know, it would be of value right. to people who aren't designers. And I would like to avoid kind of alienating non-designers from what I write about in some ways. Yeah. The overall aspiration is to to find an audience beyond that, but maybe maybe not that far beyond it, you know, into a wider design intellectual context. You know, you're not going to impress everyone, really. Right. I mean, I'm curious about, you know, your writing process and kind of where your subjects come from. Are you pitching stories to these publications? Do you kind of have a notebook where you're kind of writing down thoughts that you're uh, thinking about are these publications coming to you saying, you know, we want you to write about X. Like, what does that look like? I probably should be writing down ideas a lot more. <laughs> I think probably, you know what this is like, but having yeah. all sorts of ideas banging around in your head and trying to one week, something's interesting, you loads and, and you don't get around to writing it. And then by the time yep. something else comes up or yeah. Yeah. Um, with the work for graphic and monotype, it's mainly been kind of, for them on quite a practical level, there are, there is an event that they do in London and I my role is to cover that. Okay. 
but also I'm free to kind of, if something comes to mind that I want to write about, I can kind of propose that. Okay. And but so I would be pitching ideas to, you know, other people with that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of exactly why I asked is because I feel like I'm always kind of taking notes and have these ideas that I'm playing with and then, you know, things get busy and I, I don't finish writing about them or I only, you know, have some, some things that I had read about it. And it's almost like, oh, I actually wish that, you know, I had a, an editor sometimes and I'm trying to do more writing kind of outside of, of my own platforms where it's just like, write about this thing for this week or something like that. Yeah, I think that would be, that's kind of something I did while doing my MA was, you know, writing, being forced to write one or two things a month. Yeah. On a sort of vaguely given subject. Um, but it was kind of outside of a, it was in a sort of intellectual, academic, university context. Right. Rather than a kind of journalistic context. Um, one thing that I think is quite tough about the design world is that it does move quite fast. Right. And if you want to, you know, really get in, in depth thinking about something that's happened, then maybe by the time you finished it, people. <laughs> moved on or mm-hmm. but right. I think that's part of maybe that's just the whole of society is like that these days <laughs> yeah I was going to say I think that's just the world now yeah and it can be quite tough but at the same time there is still I think overall social media and the internet and all the different platforms that are out there are a positive thing and there are people I would say people read more now than they have done in the past I think yeah Maybe not, but I think sometimes people are overly critical of things like Twitter or that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I go back and forth on that because I agree with you. Like, I think it's good that that these discussions are happening on on Twitter or or even like Instagram and things like that. That that people are talking about and reading about these things. Yeah. Uh, but it is just so fast paced that I I do wonder you know, are we missing a kind of deeper level? Is there something that gets lost when there isn't? And I'm not saying, you know, long form is better or something like that, but how do we make sure that we don't, you know, keep the profession at this, at a superficial level? How do we make sure that it stays kind of intellectually engaged? And I don't know if, if social media can do that. I've seen it happen, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel as well. It's, it is, it, it can seem quite kind of ebbs and flows, really, of, mm-hmm. of whether people are interested or not, depending on what's going on. Yeah. Overall. But um, things like blogs were were a positive thing, yeah. I would say. Yeah. But then that seems like a thing of the past now, almost. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, blogs for me were my entry into design writing. When I was in high school, I found Design Observer and Speak Up and and sites like that and just devoured them. And that type of writing just doesn't seem to exist anymore. It is either the kind of very long form or it is the social media. And it seems like there's something missing in that kind of middle ground that would be very interesting. I think the the middle ground is something that I would like to be doing a lot more. Yeah. It's also sometimes, I don't know if you find this, I think everyone's different as a writer, but 
sometimes I can get quite easily distracted while writing or <laughs> yeah or um, find that find it quite hard to sum it up without you know going on for thousands of words about all sorts of other stuff <laughs> right but, right yeah it is, it is a good skill to have and it's good good to be forced to do that but maybe the platforms aren't there aren't as many platforms for that as there should be maybe or yeah yeah, uh, do you follow Michael Rock's Instagram micro critique? Um, yeah, I think so. I, 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 I think he's do. I think he's someone who's. who's think, but... Yeah, I think he's doing something interesting where he's writing, you know, essentially like two paragraphs with an image on Instagram, which is a little more than what you would expect on Instagram, but isn't quite at the the blog level yet. But is this kind of yeah. n- interesting new form that that I think is really fascinating. Yeah, there's no reason why it can't be done, I think. It's just sort of... Right. Whether there has to be a bit more initiative. Yeah. Or, yeah, I don't know, I guess. Where would you do it for and who would commission it? And Right, right. That's the... the question of who would pay for it as well as another thing. Right, yeah. There's no, there's no kind of central place where this can happen. And then there's no sense of where that kind of money would come from. And so it's kind of every everyone for themselves, and then it's hard yeah. to kind of find that writing. Uh, and so it's you know it's very much like kind of a technology media problem in a sense. Also, mm-hmm. what are the you know it's interesting kind of talking about the types of writing uh, that that we would like to see. I'm interested in what are the the subjects or topics around design that you think are lacking. Also, or, or what are the kind of issues facing designers that you think more people should be kind of writing about or talking about? It's mm, a good question. I guess like wider cultural mm. questions and how we fit into it is something that I think me and you talking about it, it would be the same five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 <laughs> years ago, whatever, you know, Yeah. maybe it's always been lacking and maybe it always will be in, in some sense, but that's what I would like to see more of, I think. Yeah. And that's partly why I enjoy design history, because you can't ignore that kind of thing. Right, right. You have to explain it because it is the past. It has to be put into a context, so you can't just decide not to do it. <laughs> right, yeah. That's. that's... Yeah, I mean, and so much of design history, I just talked to Teal Triggs, um, and we talk about this idea of, oftentimes design history can be reduced to just a series of objects uh, and how much you miss when you do that without looking at that kind of cultural kind of reference that has to happen around that. And I think in a lot of ways, design criticism, contemporary design criticism has to do that also, or else it is just a series of objects that are being made today. And what does, what, what does that do? Yeah, exactly. I think, to put it simply, like, there's a lot of writing about how something is made by who and, mm-hmm. you know, why, and why is maybe missed out a bit, or why it ends up looking how it does. It can be quite hard to do in, in a contemporary context, I think, because the distance that design history has is helpful to look backwards and put it into a wider context, I think. Yeah. Otherwise, it can feel a bit, like speculative maybe yeah that's a bad thing i 
I think partly writers maybe should be less afraid to be wrong or to be to come out with something that someone says, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, almost like I. I mean, I think. Tell me if this is kind of not what you're saying, but I almost what I'm kind of getting from you from what you're saying, I think is that there almost needs to be a little more uh, like theoretical debate, even, you know, if everyone's just saying kind of agreeing, there isn't like kind of maybe more dissenting voices in a sense, or like, Hey, what if, what if this isn't like this? And you know, that could be wrong that, you know, history could prove itself wrong in, in 10 years or five years. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that would be good, but partly I think why graphic designs may be lacking it compared to some other things is that a lot of it can be quite bogged down in the practical mm-hmm. or the specific or the or even like the personal. Right. You know, everyone knows each other, everyone right. works together and, you know, it isn't the biggest it is a big industry now, but it's not so big that you can kind of mm-hmm. um, not that I want to, you know, really criticize what somebody's done on an individual level. Yeah. But because it's all coming from kind of yeah. inside the profession, it almost, it's, it's very easy. I just talked about this. I just interviewed Hannah Ellis. Do you know her? Um, yes. I've, I've enjoyed her writing recently. Actually, I've not met her, but I know, I know friends of hers, I think. Yeah, I like her writing a lot too. I just interviewed her recently. Um, and we've talked about the same thing. And she said something interesting where because it's all coming from kind of inside the profession, it's very easy to confuse a critique of work as a critique of the person. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and those lines get blurred because we're all, you know, <laughs> quote unquote, kind of friends. We're kind of all in this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is like a, a very subtle difference that often that I had not really parsed out before, but I think that that she's onto something there. But I don't think there is not that like we should be afraid to do that, but I don't know what the value is in kind of tearing down an individual's work. Right. That's what I meant about like a wider context in the right, right, yeah how everyone fits into it rather than what one individual's done. Because like you said earlier, you know, what is good, what is bad, there is no right. There is no way of kind of making that judgment. Right. Um Yeah. I, I'm, I'm it's a tough question, obviously. What? Say that again? It's a tough question, isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's why, you know, you're you're what you're my forty something interview and I feel like I'm still kind of asking that question to people because it is such a such a big, interesting question. I'm I'm interested, I have just a couple questions to wrap it up. Uh mm-hmm. but I'm interested in who are the the writers or critics that have really inspired you or influenced the way you think about your own writing. And I'm I, I, I don't want to start to answer the question for you because um, I kind of want you to answer it however you want to. But I'm also I'm I'm especially interested in maybe the the people you were introduced the the writers you were introduced to when you were in school who are maybe outside of design that have kind of affected how how you write about design. Yeah, one of the really good things about the course that I did is 
the volume of reading that you do. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, if someone's interested in writing, that is the best thing you can do is yeah. read a lot. Yeah. And try and increase the variety of readers that you're reading and the context that they're writing in and what they're writing about. Because you can see, you know, new ways to write about something right. from looking at how somebody writes about something else. In terms of individual writers, that's um, that's more difficult. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think in terms of design writing, writing about architecture mm-hmm. has always been interesting to me. Partly because it does have like more of a cultural wider context and it is maybe less bogged down in practical the practicalities of you know analyzing an individual building right you know what what the architect did who the architect was more in terms of because it is more political and it is more cultural Mm -hmm. and less ephemeral so in that sense i think i did learn a lot by reading people writing about architecture yeah, I found I found so many parallels between architecture writing and, and graphic design writing. I, I've talked to a couple architecture critics for the podcast and feel still feel like that is a, a great kind of parallel track. I've also been finding I'm curious I I have a sense you'll you'll have feel the same way just based yes. on, on what I've read. I've also found a lot of kind of media criticism and technology criticism to to kind of function a lot like the way design criticism should be uh, mm-hmm. in kind of talking about the way we communicate and mass media and things like that. Um, and I sense a lot of that in your work also. Yeah, definitely. And um, one thing I do enjoy is, is kind of reading things that were written in the past and, you know, trying to see whether mm-hmm. they're relevant today and, and people's mm-hmm. predictions of, and being able to say, like, if the way things are now was kind of foretold by so-and-so because they observed some small detail which right. revealed to them the way things were going. So, right. yeah, definitely. People like Marshall McLuhan or... Oh, yeah, of course. Adorno or people like that. Yeah. Which is less specifically about design, but... Yeah, but I think... I think you can get a lot from from both of those, especially uh, in thinking about contemporary design. Yeah, one thing I did find doing an MA was I was always a bit daunted by the idea of of mentioning, you know, a writer or a theorist because, you know, you discover someone who you think sounds interesting and then you discover that they've written, you know, 20 books. and <laughs> right pick one up and it's quite impenetrable right um but one thing i did learn to be is kind of a bit of a magpie and to and to you know be selective and mm. not feel like you have to be an absolute expert or authority on everything right because in some ways that is what prevented me from getting into writing sooner is always you know second guessing yourself or yeah worrying that somebody is gonna you know tell you how stupid you are or something that makes right. sense right right yeah yeah i know no i know exactly what you mean you know or or, yeah. or you know you read one essay from this person and suddenly you're quoting that person and everything you write but you don't actually know the rest of <laughs> the rest of their work or something like that has happened yeah. to me too but i don't think you need to really be too worried about that because right. 
it'd be worse if you didn't read anyone and and kind of didn't use those people's writing to inform you yeah yeah and that leads that actually leads perfectly into the last question that i had for you i was very curious kind of what's next for you um kind of writing wise like what are you know you just came out of this two-year program and writing a really kind of you know significant body of work um what are you kind of thinking about as kind of next next subjects that you want to write about um yeah i'm not sure how much i'm allowed to say about it but i have signed a deal to write a book oh congratulations thank you um which it won't be that similar to my thesis it'll be quite different i think Okay. It'll be more of a sort of graphic design history. Oh wow! Book with, you know, not I don't want to say a coffee table book because that kind of has a negative context, but but a book with lots of images and and an introduction and you know sort of broken down into types of graphic design. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I need to get started on that basically. Yeah. So you're so you're sticking with the 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 very long form writing for now alongside uh, writing a book i would like to do more short form stuff i think definitely okay great the one one thing is kind of i don't know if you feel this is that there is graphic design writing and there is graphic design journalism yeah and kind of whether you can switch between the two quite easily or not yeah do you are are you trying to switch between the two two? do you like what do you kind of see how do you how do you see yourself as a as a critic or or more of a, a journalist? I'd probably just say writer rather than <laughs> okay, yeah, rather than being specific. But um, I don't know about I don't know about journalism personally. Yeah, no. Sometimes it feels quite interesting. Other times, not so much. And whether I don't know, I don't know what my point is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's interesting because I do think that, you know, a lot of, not a lot, but I do think that some of your shorter form writing could fall into journalism where you're kind of interviewing yeah. people and things like that. But then your thesis, I think, is very much rooted in theory and criticism. And it's kind of, I'd be curious kind of how you can, how you, you know, balance those or, or kind of jump back and forth because they are different modes of of working. Mm-hmm. It can be quite nice, I think, to, to have that variety mm-hmm. in the while I was writing, you know, a 30,000 word thesis, <laughs> interviewing right. someone and just having a chat and transcribing it and writing a little introduction. Right. Yeah. It does feel nice after that and it does feel kind of enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. But and you're still kind of flexing the, the writing muscles yeah. and then some yeah, exactly. are just more, more uh, kind of intellectually uh, mm-hmm. engaging for you as others, I guess. Yeah. I think it's harder to completely switch off that kind of critical right. intellectual thing. I'm not sure how you found that side yeah. of things. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm the same way, and I definitely tend to – I think personally I lean on the on the critical side, but I would like to mm, – I don't know if I want to say I would like to. I'm interested in that other side where it is, you know, more just kind of – you know, journalism, or, or it is just kind of interviewing someone without my bias, uh, mm-hmm. or, or less of myself in it, because even these interviews are, are very much coming from what my interests are. 
and what I want to talk to people about. Um, and so that, so yeah. even though I'm, I'm, you know, even though we're talking right now and I'm very much interested in your work, it's coming through the lens of me still. Yeah, I think, I don't know if I've mentioned this at all, but that is kind of my own position as a writer is trying to figure out what I think about things mm-hmm. first and foremost and trying to understand the world around me. Right. And, you know, form what's going on in my head into some sort of logical thing that is makes sense and is readable and interesting. Right. Yeah. And so you kind of have to write for yourself first for other yeah. people when it comes to critical or more theoretical stuff. I I agree. Stuff completely. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree with you a hundred percent. And I think uh I think that that's a great way to kind of wrap this up. I I'm a big fan of your writing. I, I love the work that you do and I'm glad that, you know, we got to kind of have this talk and I could hear a little bit more about kind of where you come from and what your interests were. So thank you so much for doing this and, uh, you know, keep up the great work. This episode was recorded on July 14th, 2017. Our theme music is by Andy Borgasani. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Surface Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and at scratchingthesurface.fm. Thanks for listening.